Well, big moves overnight with sharp falls in oil, bond yields falling, a turnaround in U.S. equities, and the U.S. dollar losing some ground. Even so, the yen has moved to its lowest level in 24 years. So it's one of those days where the zeitgeist seems to be that central banks might start lowering the size of their increases soon, and maybe, hopefully, inflation pressures are going to start to ease as well. We'll examine all of that today. It's Thursday, the 8th of September, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Yes, there is a definite turnaround in the session overnight. U.S. stocks are back on the rise, up 2.1% for the Nasdaq, almost 2% for the S&P 500. The Dow is up 1.4%. Even in uh, Europe, shares are up a bit, although we've seen a 0.9% fall in the FTSE 100. Bond yields are falling today, down 8 basis points for 10-year treasuries, down 6 basis points for 10 years in Germany and uh, the U.K. Aussie 10 years yesterday finished up 6 basis points, uh, higher at 3.7% but down six basis points since then on futures. And the US dollar has actually fallen today. It's down 0.4% on the DXY with the euro, which of course accounts for quite a large chunk of the basket that makes up the DXY index. The euro is up 0.9%, still below parity though. And the pound is down just 0.1%. The Aussie dollar is up a third of 1%. The Kiwi dollar, well, it fell below 60 US cents, which is the lowest it's been for more than two years. The US dollar is up another 0.8% or so on the Japanese yen. Now, 144 yen to the dollar. It was 145 earlier on. That's the weakest the yen has been since 1998. And big falls in oil prices as well. A 5.2% drop in Brent, down below $88 now. WTI is down 5.8%. So why this big turnaround today in equities and bonds? Here's Sky Masters at NAB in Sydney. So has oil got a bit to do with this? The, the fact it is falling so much it could be easing inflation concerns, I guess, or are markets just taking a, a bit of a breather from the relentless bad news we've been having and uh, retracing their steps a little? Whichever way you look at it, it's been uh, quite a tumultuous night, hasn't it? Morning, Phil. Look, it has it has been, um, you know, an, another sort of wild night um, in in markets, and and it's you know it's been as you say a pretty extraordinary week week, um, and you know it is interesting to see the the fall in the oil price overnight. Um, you know, has that driven the rally in bond yields? I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm not going to try and 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 say one's followed the other. Um, but you've had, you know, a, a weaker oil price rally in bond yields. Um, you know, US dollar was initially stronger, but then it, it, it reversed its moves overnight against some of the, some of the major currencies. Um, and if I look at what we've, what's sort of been out overnight, um, not, not, not a lot of data out overnight, but there's been a lot of Fed commentary. Um, and also, you know, we've had the, the BOC meeting overnight as well. And for, for me, when I look at the Fed commentary, it, it's all pointing to, you know, the need for further um, tightening in policy. But also I think that recognition that, um, you know, maybe we're getting to the point in time where the pace of tightening can slow down. Um, and, 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 you know, because, you know, growth is, is starting to, to soften and maybe we are seeing signs that inflationary pressures um, are easing. It doesn't mean that they're going to stop, but maybe it means that that pace of of tightening um, may, you know, may ease. And in, in the BOC um, comments after they, you know, they tightened by seventy five basis points, which which was, um, you know, that was expected. But their statement removed the reference to front loading, 
um, yep. in in in, poli- in in their policy. Um, well, it's going to be interesting to see then, because they are sort of like the test bed case, aren't they, for front loading? Uh, you know, has it has it, has it worked for them? Will we find out over the next month or so that you know the the indicators that inflation is coming down and uh, the economy is starting to to recover? Uh, and does that mean the Fed is going to follow on the on the same line? So, seventy five basis points seems to be, you know, almost written in an in indelible ink now, doesn't it, for the for the next meeting of the Fed? But are they going to are they going to slow down as well? Uh, I mean, I mean, if you look at the expectation, I mean, it, it, they do seem to be trying to send that message that they are going to keep the momentum up, don't they? Maybe not seventy five basis points, but they're going to keep going. And yet, you look at fixed mortgage rates, thirty year fixed mortgage rates. They actually fell last month, so that would indicate that people are expecting things are going to slow down. I mean, if you look at if you look at market pricing, they still you know there's, there's still that expectation of near-term rate hikes, but but maybe, you know, an, an easing in policy next year. Um, and, you know, there's still that, that expectation of the US market heading into um, into a recession um, next year. But but for now, I don't think anyone believes that central banks have stopped tightening. Um, mm. And, you know, markets are still pricing in, you know, peaks in terminal cash rates, you know, north of, north of 350. Um, but I think what's interesting in terms of the Fed commentary overnight and and recent Fed commentary, they're all refraining from um, giving a guide as to whether they're going to go 50 or 75 at the next meeting. Um, And that's interesting for me because if you recall going into the previous meeting, um, the Fed members were were quite clear, you know, they were quite vocal out there saying, you know, whether they favoured a 75 or a 50 basis point move. Mm. Um, so it, to, to me, it's just, um, it, it's a shift, I think, in terms of, of where central banks are, are, are moving to. And, and now that they have got policy well off the, the sort of pandemic lows that we saw, um, you know, we're now moving into that territory where, yeah, you know, as the BOC, BOC has dropped their front loading, they don't need to front load anymore. And the incoming data is important and that's going to drive, um, the size of tightening um, and the pace of tightening. And, yeah. you know, so, so the US CPI number, which is out on the 13th of September, is, is still very important. Um, I mean, my bias would be that I think they probably would still favour going 75 because um, it's probably too early um, to, to sort, of, um, sort of, I guess, sort of give a signal to the market that they are yeah. um, easing Starting off. to pull back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but, I mean, and this easing of, of inflation, I mean, you know, going back to oil and energy, I mean, on, on oil prices, uh, you know, they are well down today. Some of that could, of course, be the, uh, the slowdown in China. So we saw the exports and imports both down and both well below expectations. Exports were 13% was expected. They came in at 7.1%. So if there's less demand for China, that might be part of it. Uh, and uh, interestingly, I was just reading just before we started to record uh, the, the the podcast. Google uh, there's a report saying that they're cutting back on business travel, only business critical trips. So if you work for Google, you can't go anywhere right now. If there's a chance, you can't you know you can't go and meet people if there's a chance to do it online. Uh, so you know so if if corporate America or the corporate world is is uh, is laying off you know travel. Uh, that's going to cut down, cut down on demand for, for airline travel. And then, of course, we've got, you know, gas subsidies in Europe as well, which is going to uh, bring down prices as well. So all of that's going to help inflation, obviously. Yes. Yep. 
And I think in, in terms of what I've read um, overnight, um, I think, you know, yeah, a large part of that fall in, in the oil price is, is, is being driven by, you know, the sort of expectations of, of slower economic growth um, mm. and weaker demand out of, out of China. Um, and then, you know, you did also have, and I don't know whether this had an impact or not, but Putin was out overnight saying, you know, if you give me a, a, the turbine, we'll, we'll open up the gas pipeline again. Um, so I don't know whether that had an impact um, either on, mm. on, on the oil price. But, you know, for the oil market, it, you know, it, it's, it's the oil price is very volatile at the moment. You know, the market's grappling with a whole lot of different opposing forces at play. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it's a bit like the interest rate markets as well. One night they focus on one, one you know, one driver and the next night it's, it's another. And, and, you know, hence we're getting this, this, you know, quite volatile moves, overnight moves yeah. in markets. I wonder if markets do respond to anything that Mr. Putin says, because he has, because he has been known to lie in the past. I find yeah. it's, it's possible. It's possible that he's lying on this as well. Uh, we talked about the yen yesterday. It's now a twenty-four year low. I mean, is there anything this this hanging on to their yield curve control? I mean, can they keep doing that? Uh, I mean, is there anything that the Bank of Japan or the Japanese government can do to uh, to try and correct this uh, if they have the motivation to do so? I mean, they have to do something, surely. Yes, uh, I mean. <laughs> You think they have to do something? I really don't know what 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 yeah. they would do. I mean, uh, you know, I don't think they know either. I mean, their finance minister, Mr. Suzuki, said they're watching FX moves with great interest, uh, which is like saying, "Yeah, I don't know what we're going to do." No, <laughs> <I think it's, laughs> watch this space, I guess. Um, yeah, but, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I'm not but, sure what what they they will end up doing. I mean, but you know, previously they've been very you know convicted on keeping their yield curve control in place, so. Mm. Um, at what price? At what cost? At what price? Yes, yes. Yeah. And then there's this big question, of course, about where the UK is going to go. So uh, maybe Liz Truss will get inflation down there by subsidising energy costs. The market seems to think so, doesn't it? Because we've got this big move down in uh, two-year yields, down below 3%. Although, to be fair, you know, it's, it hasn't been above 3% for very long. In fact, it started August at 1.7%. So it's still actually quite high. But the, but the move has been quite pronounced overnight. And uh, yeah, so the, so is she going to bring... And then we've got the Hugh Pill from the uh, part of the MPC crowd, the Monetary Policy Committee crowd that was in front of the Treasury Select Committee, saying, well, he thinks it's going to help reduce inflation in the short term. But it's probably going to lead to slightly stronger inflation after that, and we're seeing we're seeing that, aren't we, reflected in in the yield curve? Yeah. So you know, big moves in in the front end of the gilt curve overnight. Yeah. So your your two year gilt, um, you know, it, it rallied from an intraday well, sort of three eighteen down to an intraday low of two ninety five, and I think it closed at around three percent. So, you know, in the day, down eighteen basis points in yield. Um, a couple of things I think that probably impacting sentiment. One, I mean, you know, that at some point in time you're going to get a little bit of a retracement in the the massive moves that we've seen um, over the last couple of sessions. But you know, in my reading, you also had um, BOE member um, Tenrio, who well, I can't pr- pronounce her surname, but maybe you'll correct me. But she was um, she's the only you know, she is a bit of a dove, I think, in in the in terms of the the members BOE members. Um, but she was out sort of saying that, you know, we're still to see the majority of the impact of, you know, significant policy tightening in place. Um, and, you know, this is going to feed through over time. Um, you know, and, and that, you know, the US, the UK economy is going into recession. So she's sort of, I guess, pushing back on aggressive tightening. 
Um, but you also had um, the BOE Governor Bailey coming out um, and saying that they could revise their plans to start selling gilts next month if it's judged that the market will struggle to digest um, that in the face of a huge amount of issue, increased yeah. issuance um, on the government's energy bill rescue scheme. So I think, um, you know, that's clearly provided some support to to the gilt market. Yeah, well, I mean, it could be on a massive slug of money if uh, if, if if it is, you know, if they're containing those that, that spending on... Uh, on energy, and it's all going to come from the government coffers. I mean, there's going to be a, an awful lot of bond issuance happening. Yes, and I do know that is one factor. I think that was driving higher mm. the the gilt yields higher was this concern that you're going to have a massive amount of issuance at a time when you're having quantitative tightening. Um, and how's that going to you know impact the market? Uh, yeah, let's talk closer to home because we had Australian GDP yesterday. It was a pretty solid result, wasn't it? Up 0.9 percent quarter on quarter. Uh, of course, you know, going through the, the COVID recovery, so that will account for a large chunk of that. Were there any uh, significant takeouts from those numbers yesterday? I think earnings are rising a bit, aren't they? So there's certainly some inflationary pressures that were in there. Yeah, look, it was it was a you know a, a solid print. Um, I guess a couple of things you know to to note though, it, it, you know, it was for Q two, um, and the RBA began tightening in May, so it's not really you know reflecting any any effect of of the higher um, cash rate. Um, but I mean, there are some interest. There were some interesting things in there, and for, for for my part, when I'm looking at the interest rate market and what the implications of the GDP number, you know, if there were any that you could draw out of it. Um, for me, what I was looking at was. You know the savings rate. Um, it it is falling, but it rem- it still remains elevated versus pre-pandemic levels. So you know, so the consumer still supportive for the for the consumer going into the tightening cycle. Um, and also of interest was the average earnings per hour number. Um, so you know the the uh, sort of wages gauge. So. Um, while it did moderate um, in in annual terms, it continues to track well above um, the WPI measure of wages growth. So you know, pointing to you know, even heading into um, the RBA starting their tightening policy, you know, wages growth was there, um, and you know, it was strong, and you know, was sort of pointing to that sort of upward pressure on on inflation. Um, so you know, they 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 sort of. Two things that that I looked at um, in terms of sort of you know those things I guess supporting the consumer for now um, as they face higher higher mortgage rates, um, but I guess for NAB in terms of their their view of the number it is it is dated it's not you know it's not going to impact um, RBA you know what the RBA does going forward and NAB maintains the view that you know growth is going to slow to below trend in in both 2023 and 2024. Well, what the RBA does going forward, Philip Lowe, of course, is is talking this afternoon. Is he? Uh, so, the, I mean, that is the obvious question, isn't it? Where next? Yes, and and you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see here what what he says because because you know, in in the statement that followed um, their their move this week, you know, they they did sort of there was that that, that speculation where they removed the word normalisation in the final paragraph. Um, and, you know, so, so is, you know, what's Lowe going to say today? The topic of his speech is inflation and a monetary policy framework. Um, so, you know, how's he going to guide the market in terms of, 
um, you know, how much further does, does the RBA need to, need to tighten? So it, it will be interesting, um, to see whether he, he does sort of have a bit of a tilt towards a more of a, you know, um, maybe we can start to slow the pace of, of tightening going forward. And that's, that's, that's what NAB believes. You know, NAB's view now is, is that, that, sort of the next tightenings will be, you know, 25 basis points, not 50. Which is sort of becoming um, the pattern, isn't it? Maybe not down to 25, but what 75 is becoming 50, 100 is becoming 75. Everyone's moving down a notch. Uh, but will it last? I wonder. Uh, so Jerome Powell is talking at the uh, at a monetary policy conference today. So the same question is going to be asked there. Where, where next, obviously? Uh, we get Australia's trade balance. We get manufacturing sales for New Zealand, initial jobless claims for the US. Christine Lagarde from the ECB is holding a press conference as well. So We'll be listening out for more of their plans to tackle the uh, the cost of energy crisis that uh, is hitting Europe. So it's a, a busy day for news, that's for sure. Uh, but we'll leave it there for now. Good to talk, Sky. We'll catch you again very soon. Thanks. Thanks, Phil. There we go. I hope you made sense of it all. Uh, there's a lot going on, that's for sure. That's it for the morning call for this Thursday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. I'll see you then. Have a great day.